Where do we leave off with our... Uh... Oh, we left our heroes over here. Yes, tune in next week, we said. Good. Now it's next week. Crazy how time works. All right? Good. So, uh, so we left off. We said we, we went through Lulav land, right? We took a stop in Lulav land and spoke about all of the Tov. And that really says the Chovos, all of Shar Bechina is that that's all that's happening. There is not anything that is not Tov. Every, because Tov is the first program that Hashem created when He created the world, and everything else are details in that program. Therefore, by definition, there cannot exist anything that is not Litav uh, Ovid, uh, in uh, whatever sense that means. There's no other thing. Some of them take work, some of them take less work, some of them take no work. Right? That was the first thing that he also, the uh, uh, not in that order, but the Chovas also brought a three-tiered system of Tov. Some things are quite obvious, even to an idiot. Some things take a little bit of thought. You might have to read a book, and some things you're going to have to get developed. Uh, you're going to have to develop a little bit, get some maturity to you before you'll be able to grasp the goodness of certain things, like suffering and death, for example, are on that list. Um, good. All that good, everything, literally. Slice up your whole existence. There's nothing that's not going to fit into one of those categories. All of them fit into the good category. Why don't we experience that? He brought three reasons that we're not going to go back into now. Uh, good, we have trouble with that, but let's say you beat it, and you got it, and now you're fully appreciative of the good that is your existence. Uh, you did it. Congratulations. You feel yourself to be surrounded by Hashem's kindness and love. That is where you live. You did it. Right? Now, really, that's not going to happen for a very long time. But let's say you did it. And now we said you're the, now we went to the mushal that we ended with. Now we're moving from the lulav into the sukkah, where we got this kid in the prison. The kid's in the prison, and he is super grateful. He's a super grateful prison <coughs> kid. Grew up in the prison, and he is praising God for uh, uh, for the, every, his whole experience, right? Everything. The, this, this cell that I'm in, the bed, the, 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 the candle, the bread and water that you bring me, right? the fact that I get clothes all the time uh, when I need them, and I got some health care, I got a dentist that comes in. Wow, what an incredible day. I praise the, the owner of this pit, he said, right? I praise the pit master who singled me out for all of his kindnesses, and so on and so forth. Right? That was the kid's praise, and the, the messenger, the king, told him that you are, uh, you're, singing, you're sinning against the king with that praise. Right? That praise is uh, that's not, it's not a praiseworthy praise. That is, uh, don't say that. Don't say he didn't single you out for nothing, tiger. You are nothing compared to what's going on in kingland. Right? The whole kingdom contains an endless number of people, such as yourself, involved in an endless number of activities, many of which you cannot possibly imagine from the confines of your tiny cell. Right? You don't know anything about agriculture, and that's like a whole division of this kingdom. Farms and farming and commerce and economy and things and transportation and war and stuff. You know what it takes to run a country? You don't, you do not know what it takes. And 99 point whatever percent of what goes on has nothing to do with you in this particular prison cell. You haven't experienced the tiniest smidgen of what the, goes on in this country and what this king is in charge of and running and the amount that he does uh, uh, and takes care of his populace. So the kid says back, okay, but guess what? 
You're, I don't have any concept of those things. I've never been in war or benefited from a, 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 a road system or bridges or commerce or economy or agriculture or any of the things that you're talking about. I've never experienced any of those things or benefited from them in any way. What do you want me to praise him and thank him for stuff that's beyond my comprehension? What, how would that work? Right? That would just be, uh, just be playing a game at that point. So he says back, the shliach says back to him, say as follows. Emor, you should say like this. Ani not bala I am praising the king, maybe exalted, the exalted king, supreme. Says he's supernal. Asher inkates the machuso, his kingdom knows no bounds. Vlotachis tavasa vachasto, and his kindness is without end, and his goodness. Vani kalochashu ben rubachayalav. I'm like, uh, I'm an insignificant piece of the million, literally millions. Of, uh, uh, of, uh, of people that make this kingdom, that make up this kingdom. And in terms of the king's abilities and what he's doing, I am another way to send me a, a shirt when I grow, to send me a, a dentist to take care of my tooth and a loaf of bread. And nothing. Now, now the kid got it. The kid somehow in that little speech the, the kid understood something that he did not understand before. And what was the result of that understanding? God lo malaso benavsho. So the king grew in stature inside the, the kid. maso belibo. Wow, this is really tying together to the other share. And his awe of the, ki- of the king it was now entered into his heart. And now the goodness that he had received becomes a much bigger deal to him. Because of this contrast, because of this contrast of how big this kingdom is and everything that the king is involved in and how little I take up of all of that, how I am a person in a very limited situation requiring very limited whatevers, and yet... Now, yigdilu matnos of elav, etzlo. So now the gifts that I receive become much more significant to my thinking, uh, and I'm much more appreciative of those things. Okay? This is the Seder Adbarim. So the kid is not saying in any way that I'm thanking him for that stuff. Okay? I can't because I don't know those things, and that's not something that I can, I don't really even understand the words that you're saying. I don't, I don't know what agriculture is. But what I can understand is the other way. What I can understand is, is that all that, that I, exactly what's happening to me in my experience, I can understand and grasp and appreciate and be grateful for. And I can understand from what you're saying that this is, this is nothing compared to what's actually going on. Like infinitesimal. Wow. Okay. Shoo. That's insane. That's an insanity. I don't know what that means, really, but I do get, it's like a, like a Kavachomer or something. I do get the idea. I know about small and big. And if this, my whole experience that I'm so grateful for is the tiniest smidgen of what's actually happening, that, that blows my mind. Now I can get something I didn't get before. Before it was, my world was big. My world was the whole world, really. It was fully big. And now I'm talking about the king that he singled me out for all of his kindness and things. My world was my definition of God. 
right? My world felt big, or the God was small, God could fit in my room. However, whichever version you want to say, right? My own world was the totality of my existence, and so that's the size of God. God is the size of my room. Because that's all I know. There isn't anything outside my room, God included. Now you've entered in the idea that my room is a tiny speck uh, of the actual kingdom that, uh, that the king is running. And so, whoo wowee my whole thing, my everything is almost nothing in relative terms? Mind blown. And now the fact that I'm being taken care of and my needs seem to is a much bigger deal to me than it was before in light of what it is that is actually happening. Okay? This is the contrast of those two things are, are what produces uh, 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 the ema and the ava together, the year and the ava like we're doing in the other shir. That combination it comes from an accurate uh, picture of what it is that's going on. But how do we do that picture? It's, there's really, there's two, um, there's two, uh, uh, what, who, how? That's still the size of the room. No. That's right, no. That's what happened. In terms of the Shavach, I can now understand that he is, that this is uh, really just that one fact. My world is the size of this room. His world is not. This, good. So he says like this, and this we will, uh, this goes into the, uh, you see why it's a sukkah thing? We'll do it. That's just the mashal. Let's do the nimshal, which is now uh, in the nimshal, the, Oh, okay, in the mashal of the nimshal. Um, where do we live is the question, right? Where do we live? Uh, not physically, but where do we live mentally? So one, is, one place we live is in our house. A house is an enclosed uh, structure. That is our thing. It is a little world. But your house is a tiny piece of reality that you have carved out for yourself that you get to control. Right? It's a little piece of the world, however many square meters it is of the world that you have isolated from the rest of the world and you can control the climate and the way it looks and the, the, what the ground is made out of and the colors and things and what goes on in there. It's a little olam katan. It's a little world that's yours to, within the laws of physics and reality you can Right? You can do pretty much whatever you want in there. It's your little private universe. That's what your house is. Right? Think about it. That is what your house is. On the flip side, there's outdoors. There's sleeping out under the stars and under the things in the great outdoors. Being out there, in the, and that's not your place. Right? That's not your world. That's very large. Have you ever slept out under the stars? Um, when they're actual, like, it's not here, when there's actual... Somewhere where there are stars, right? Not in the old city. Not sleeping on the roof in the city. There's places where there's uh, less light pollution. You Africans that don't have a problem with this. Places you can actually see the Milky Way, right? You can actually see that band of uh, things. It's mind blowing. Um, another thing, and that uh, that has to. That's more of a, a awe-producing, right? What's that feeling? You're there. That's more awe-producing. Like I, I, that experience for me, Ben Ismanum was in those mountains, in the, in the uh, 
Drakensberg, Drakensberg, Drakensberg. I think that means dragons, right? Those are Drakens, I assume, means it's dragon. Okay. And those mountains over there in your country, so I experienced awe. It's just the size and the scope and the majesty. I don't know the right word. There's no words for those the experiences. Uh, yeah, that's an awe and a thing, and that's very much not you in that sense. Right? That's very much the, you feel uh, almost deleted by the scene, and in a good way. It's just this huge thing that you're, I don't know what the right word is. Right? Ego boundaries are uh, melting. So in your house, is like the opposite. Your house is all you. Right? Everywhere you look is you. In your house, it's only about you. The bed is there. It's your size. It's your thing. The doors are shaped, you know, for you to get in and out. Not the dorm, but like an actual house that you, <laughs> right? that you built for yourself and lived in and modeled for yourself. Oh, we need a thing. It's over here. All my needs, all my stuff, it's all there. That's my house. It revolves around me. And my family, everything that's there is there because it either we enjoy it or it's functional in some sense. It's all tov for us, everything that's there in the house, right? Either because we actually enjoy it or it's functional in some way, everything. Outdoors has nothing to do with me. Those mountains had nothing to do with Those mountains could not care if I existed or not, right? They're not there in any way in the, in the experiential sense. The mountains are about the mountains, right? And I'm a guest in mountain land. In between those two things, there is something where it, it, both of those places are not good places to live. Right? Both of those choices are incorrect. To live in a tiny world of your own where everything revolves around you, that's what we're taught. That's this muscle with the kid. Right? That's a small world and a small self and a small God. So you need to live in a tent. Oh, well, we need to live in a sukkah, actually. Um, absolutely. That, you don't want to be small. And you don't want your world to be small. And you don't want your world to revolve around you. Uh, for sure, that's the, that is what makes the world small. When everything's about you, as lovely as you are, and as wonderful as each of us is, a world that revolves around you is, is minimally a very tiny world, right? And also, it's a little disappointing, no offense to everybody. Right? In light of what is available, right? That's a prison cell compared to a full kingdom, right? That is, that's the, that is the marshal that he's giving, right? It is infinitesimally sm small. On the flip side, we don't live outside, okay? We don't go live outside under the stars and those things because that is inaccurately too far the other way. An idea of a world that is not, doesn't really have anything to do with me and a world where, uh, we spoke about this, I don't know, remember, did we? But uh, the, the cosmos, the thing, I don't know if anybody's into this stuff, astronomy stuff, which you should be at some point in your life, but if you've ever read it and you're seeing the pictures and like reading the people that are excited about it, like in the old school with Carl Sagan and the new version is What's-His-Face, right? you read someone who's excited or you're listening to him talk, someone who's really in and they're getting it across with an emotion, there's an emotional component. It's not just pictures and numbers and things. They're starting to get across to you and whatever little YouTube diagrams they showed you were for a second you caught a glimpse of like the scope, just the sheer size of what we're talking about. For a second, it like hits you that those numbers are real numbers and they're not just things on the page. That like that is, each of those specks of light is billions of suns and like it you what that means and how far away these things must be. If that thing's bigger than the sun and I could barely see it, 
That's very far. That must be very far away. Even the sun itself. It's here a million times the size of the earth burning at whatever thing, and it's just kind of like nice and warm. Here, we must be very far away. Well, it takes light eight minutes to get here. It's like, oh, okay. Well, it's eight light minutes away. It's like, no, no, think about it. And for a second, it like blows your mind. So the people that live there, I asked Rabbi Green, I was reading Cosmos, was the first book, you know, one of the first, Sagan was one of the first guys to try to do it. Um, and it was blowing my mind. I mean, he does a good job. And I guess I was in a receptive state at that stage. And he's not a religious person uh, at all. He was not. He is now, or doesn't exist, one or the other. Uh, but during his lifetime, he was not a, a religious person. And so I asked Rabbi Green about it. I'm like, well, what's going on, man? This guy is inspiring me with every page. So he said he thinks the opposite. He thinks that it's not a good idea to live there at this point. He thinks to live in that thing, it makes it very hard. When you're dealing with something of that scope, of the solar system, and then the galaxy, and then all the galaxies, and then the things, and whatever, they're, whatever they think is going on, but this endless universe and those things, where the world itself is an insignificant, our sun and whole solar system is an insignificant speck in this galaxy that itself is insignificant compared to all of the galaxies and things that are going on out there, and we're just in some corner of something, of the known, which appears to stretch on as far as they could tell now, you know, as far as we could possibly ever see. So to live in that world and to feel that you and your decisions could possibly have any significance is a very hard thing to do emotionally. Okay? And I know everybody has the explanations in their head and those things, but ignore those explanations for a second. And just the sheer tininess and insignificance of us as tiny little things even just looking at the earth, we don't exist. If you look at like the amount of like, uh, space human beings interact with just in terms of the earth itself, it's almost nothing. Like the, it's a thin, very thin layer that we actually interact with, just of the ball that we're stuck to. Even the deepest holes that we've dug don't go anywhere. We're not anywhere near anything. And in school, they taught you about the magma and the things and the core. No one's ever been there. It's guesses from shooting radio waves through it. They don't really know what's going on in there. They have very good guesses, but that's, we've scratched not even the surface. It's like tiny scratches. It's insanity. And so now, but it matters how I tie my shoes. Hard. That's a hard thing to hold in my head. That it matters in some cosmic sense with a cosmos of that size. That it could matter, right shoe, left shoe, tie, tie, that, that could be a thing, alternating the water, or... No, it's bread, it's twice in a row. No, 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 now in the morning we do back and forth, right? It's got to be the serugan in the morning. To have those details, tiny things make sense in this big thing. Look here, you're in there, give just a, you don't need a muscle for this, but I'll give it to you anyway, because I'm in charge. You're in your dorm room. Okay? And uh, you go to brush your teeth, and you see your roommate use the toothpaste, used your toothpaste, which is okay. I mean, it's all right, but I don't mind, you know, it's okay. You didn't use the toothbrush, right? The toothpaste, it's okay, you know, we share. I'm not, you didn't ask, but all right, okay. But the little clicky cap thing, he left it unclicked. He didn't close the top, and now the thing around the thing's a little bit crusty. So when I squeeze it, just the middle part, right? Just the, the toothpaste just comes out the middle part. 
and then kind of bulbs up and it's on my thing and now I have to scratch out the, and it's a little gross, like hardened kind of thing, blocking the, what do you call it? And, I'm, and you're a little upset. A little bit upset because, okay, you want to use my toothpaste. Okay, you know, that's cool, but like take care of it. Like leave it open and now it's all crusty and I have to clean it out and stuff. Like, that's not cool, man. And so like, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll be a Balmusser, you know, and I'm going to be Michael. I'm going to be Michael, his irresponsible behavior with my toothpaste, and I'm going to let it go, right? But if I'm having a hard day anyway, so you kind of, dude, what the hell? Look, look, look. You see this? Not your toothpaste, right? And you feel very justified because, you know, what are you doing? So that's perfectly reasonable scene in the house because that's, Right? We live in these tiny details. Leave your sock on the floor, leave your thing on the thing, I told you to close that, whatever it is, all that stuff feels big and significant to us. So in that world, the idea of closing the toothpaste top or not, the fact that that's significant resonates emotionally because the house is a small place full of tiny details. How you put your things away and stay on your side, and why is your thing on my bed again, those are issues that are, feel significant to us. Right? Are they or not? Whatever the, not without thinking about it, just emotionally, I get the tiny details can be significant. Right? That is definitely a thing and it, and it makes sense. If you just, uh, almost anything is the truth, but let's say you came back to your room, same scene, it's the toothpaste and the thing, but you just spent the afternoon in the children's oncology ward at the hospital reading stories to kids who are dying of cancer. That's where you were all afternoon. Reading them stories and trying to get them to smile. Right? These kids, these little bald, suffering children in the hospital, that was your afternoon. And now you came back, you don't care about the toothpaste because your world is bigger now. Right? You've introduced death and suffering into your world. Your world is much bigger than it was that morning. You're living in a bigger place. Not bigger in a cosmos, what do you call it, sense. But bigger, bigger, bigger. That's another way for things to get bigger. You're more in reality. Things are bigger, more significant. It's a crazy thing. This kind of toothpaste thing, like, yeah, whatever, man. I didn't even know if you'd notice. But if you did, it's really not going to bother you. Because katana uh, lecha, they say in, uh, in Hebrew. It's too little for you to get. Life is big, man. Life, there's a lot going on. Uh, whatever. Okay, enjoy. You know what? You can have it. Enjoy. All yours. I'll get a new one. Right? I'm not, uh, it, uh, that's not what's happening anymore. This has become too small for me to care about. So that, that's what happens. But that's not a good place to live either. To live there where everything's so big, I can't care about details anymore, that's also not good. Right? That's also not a good place to live. Yeah, because exactly. What do you mean? I'm, I'm the, the universe, the things, it's so big and what do you call it? So I miss one thing. Okay, no, no. Hashem is so big. Well, you think it matters to get the thing? Oh, but this, you know, you washed. I saw this part of your hand didn't get fully wet. And okay, you know, relax. Because that's a big deal. Relax. So you can see both of those sides. There's truth to both of those sides. And neither one of them to live there is, particular, is fully healthy. So the answer that, the answer in the, the muscle of the answer that we have is the sukkah. Where lechachila, I do build a little space for myself. Right? The mitzvah of sukkah, you don't go sleep outside. I do build a little house, but think about this kid in the prison. 
who is simultaneously living in a tiny world that he's grateful for, but that he understands is part of a bigger world so that God did not get small. He's small, but he's not small. I'm living in that thing. When, when does this occur to you? When you see the stars. They had a whole thing about celestial spheres and stuff that is apparently not 100% accurate. But yeah, that's our way to look at things. Pick any, the, we know this better than he did, really pick any square inch of the earth, you don't know what's going on in there. Right? You could bring out your microscopes and uh, write a whole dissertation on what's uh, going on in one blade of grass. For sure, take, he's saying take one valley, you have no idea, the endless number of things that could be going on in there. Koshikin Bakula, the holder, Koshikin Mashiach, Achrei whatever's beyond those spheres, I don't know what those spheres are. But that thing, when those things appear, realize that your small world is small. And what happens as a result of that is not what you think. It's not I feel insignificant and small and what do you call it? The confluence of those, if you try to live there, you would. You'd feel insignificant and it'd be very hard to take little things seriously anymore. Right? Which is, by the way, one of the reasons why you're willing to eat almost anything when you're out in the nature. Right? The things, the same tuna sandwich that if we went to lunch after Mincha that they served you, you would be not on board at all. Like, oh, look, like somewhat mushy warm sandwiches from under a bus. Like, oh, okay, that sounds incredible. Thank you, right? You guys would, I'd see you guys all walking out to wherever it is that you guys go to get your alternative lunch program. But for some of us, you're out on a trip in the nature and it's, uh, what do you call it? So whatever. You'll eat that sandwich that in a million years you never would have touched if it would have been on the table in the dormitory. That is definitely true, but you, where we need to live is in both places. We need to live in a place where both those things are true. Where, in light of reality, my whole ex- the totality of my experience, as much as that feels huge to me, that feels like a gigantic thing, is really nothing compared to what's actually going on. Actual reality is uh, beyond your comprehension. That's how much is happening. And yet, my small little world matters. So you could say that you could change even the whole reality. What do you mean? Like instead of changing just your small self, Oh, for sure. Now my, because I, I am part of that reality, really. My small cell is, is a piece of the larger thing. Absolutely. We're working the other way. He's working this one direction, but it's true the other way as well. I mean, I am part of that kingdom. I'm still one of them. We're saying there's millions with a lot going on, but this is one of those things. But that, what happens to me then is my appreciation level goes through. First of all, there's an AMA. There is a, an awe and a reverence and a thing that takes place. There's a pachat also, but you know, Kirov, we're not supposed to talk about that. There is a, a, a sense of that. And now the fact that after that's done, I still matter, that I'm still being thought of and taken care of, that blows my mind. The, the, the level of chesed and what do you call it that takes place, my appreciation of that goes through the roof. No pun intended. Okay, yes, pun intended. But the biggest one, the biggest... Uh, if you look in the next paragraph, I know we're out of time, we'll, we'll finish right now, is, now everything that Hashem has, has, has uh, done for you now becomes much bigger in your eyes. With the whole cosmos going on. This whole thing. Eight billion people, just what's going on on this ball. And yet I, I, Hashem's doing good things for me, personally. And now, 
I look at mitzvos. Now I look at mitzvos and Torah in a whole different light. Because what, what mitzvos become now, what the system of Torah and mitzvos becomes now, is not just uh, you know, the, my, my uh, appreciation of them in terms of what they could do for me. Right? This is my ticket, ticket into heaven. Right? Like the Christians or whoever these other religions believe. Now, those mitzvos are a, a message that despite the giganticness of Hashem's creation and how little space you take up, you, your choices and your behavior makes a difference. Hashem still cares about what you are doing. That's what a mitzvah means. It matters how you put your shoes on, Zevi. You, Zevi, in tiny Zevi land, compared to the size of this particular universal Disney world, in tiny Zevi land, it matters how you put your shoes on. That, for, forget the, you know, what that means for you, and that adan, olam haba, and blah, blah, blah. Just the fact that someone's talking, that you're being spoken to, and being told that your decisions and tiny things make a difference in, a, in, a, in that cosmic sense, that is mind-blowing. My appreciation for mitzvos, not as entities in themselves, not as sibos for something, but as simonim, as signs and indicators that it, that it matters to God what I'm up to. My thoughts and feelings and words and choices and the things that I'm doing still matter in light of the giganticness and how little sense that makes. I see that my life is a tiny thing. I get it. I'm one tiny person in a gigantic cosmos. I get that, but he's not treating me that way at all. I'm not being treated that way at all. He's telling me I've, everything that I do is important. Every choice that I make is significant and has consequences and matters. That's incredible. That's an incredible feeling. And that's better than the, the bread and the things is great. Don't get me wrong. That's great. I'm happy for all that stuff also. But there isn't anything that gives that message better than the mitzvahs themselves. Because those are messages that your choices matter. It's not just God being a nice guy. He's telling you that you make a difference. Whether you choose this or this actually matters. That is a, a, a much deeper point than uh, any of the other tovas that he's doing for us. Right? And so now with that, you see how we're going to head into the big store thing. Bezerat Hashem tomorrow. And I realize that we skipped a step.